The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Clemens Hoffman. Each week we will discuss tools, tips, and ways to radiate your best life ever interviewing practitioners, authors, and luminaries to help you on your path. Wellness, joy, peace, abundance. What do you want to radiate? Hi, and welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. I am here today with Trey Venerable to radiate representation. Um, Trey and I met at Martin Luther King Day, on Martin Luther King Day. We were doing a service project together and got talking about, well, what do you do? Well, what do you do? Trying to fill some time. Well, we were, what, painting a mural, I think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, painting And yeah. I found out that Trey writes these wonderful cowboy books for kids, and I was immediately just so interested. So welcome, Trey. Thanks for coming out. Well, yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, totally. So um, you write, a, it's a series of children's books. Grandpa, I Just Want to Be a Cowboy is the mm-hmm. series. But what is what is broken out into the series? Yeah, so uh, Grandpa, I Just Want to Be a Cowboy is the overarching uh, title, but it's broken out into three uh, different chapters. You could say uh, you got Notables from the West, um, Rodeo Cowboys, and then Women in the West. So, Oh, awesome, awesome. And these are nicely illustrated. They're really informative, too. Mm-hmm. How did you do your research? Well, a little bit of, well, Actually, a lot of different um, sources. So a lot of it came from my elders um, because we have the ranching and farming background. Um, And then Internet, looking at old sources, reading old books, stuff like that. So Now, so so you've got this cowboy background. You know, you're this young urban professional, and I would not look at you and say cowboy. Yeah. (laughs) Right? You're an engineer for crying out loud. Yeah. (laughs) So what, what what is your background in this cowboy stuff? Yeah, so every generation of my family is yeah. on a ranch or a farm. We raise cows, wow. horses, and hunting dogs, and so yeah, that's yeah, that's my background. Man, yeah. how'd your family get into that? Um, so the first generation came out of slavery, sure. and they kind of just started with it, and yeah. just kind of kept with it, kind of deal. So. Mhm. And uh, what part of the what part of the country is that? Where you guys? Yeah, so focused? our operations primarily are in the state of Kansas, state of Missouri. Uh, but Grandpa homesteaded on my mom's side down in Hartville, Missouri. Hartville, Missouri. Where's that? Uh, on Highway 5. It's on the border of Arkansas, Missouri. So. Oh, way down yeah, there. Yeah, way down there in the sticks. <laughs> in the sticks. <laughs> yeah, it's oh, in the sticks. Yeah, it's like that is country, country down there. Yeah. Uh, do you get down there very much? Mm-hmm. I try to get down there probably once or twice a year. Family reunions, see cousins, stuff like that. So. Yeah. yeah. Wow. How So... Maybe this is a really misinformed question, but um, it's like how do the how do the local people react to having 
in like a multi-generation black cowboy family down there? Um, it's just normal to them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, yeah, down there, I mean, everybody down there is pretty country. Everybody has horses. Everybody has cows for the most sure. part. So it's just kind of the way of life down there. So Right, right, absolutely. And uh, you guys are still have you're still in working ranching still in working farming mm -hmm. that's amazing so you like sell the beef and sell cows and things like mm -hmm. that yep trade, that's awesome trade sell horses mm -hmm. uh hunting dogs stuff like that yeah yeah you're gonna be seeing a hunting dog later yep yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yep. oh um She's a cross between a, a Brittany and an English setter, so hopefully it works all it works out. So. Sure. Oh yeah. yeah. So you grew up hunting, mm -hmm. fishing, all that. Fishing, stuff? hunting, all that. Yep. Okay. Well, then I think this begs the question: How did you get into engineering then? <laughs> uh, so I got into that. Um, I went to the University of Central Missouri in Warrensburg, sure. Missouri. Um, went there for three years. Um, before that, I went to Coffeyville Community College mm -hmm. um, down in Southeast Kansas. That was a great time. Went sure. down there for for a year and a half. And when I went to UCM, I kind of switched majors around and things of that nature and kind of had a fraternity brother that kind of put me on to um, safety management, safety engineering. So kind of took uh, one of the base classes and just never looked back. So. Oh, that's great. Yeah, you seem to like it a lot. Mm -hmm. Right. And um, so this, it's, it's this weird mix, I think, kind of a dichotomy, you know, working for a big corporation on safety management and then also have this background in cowboys and children's lit mm -hmm. so why did you want to start writing children's books yeah so <laughs> so it kind of happened on accident by mistake what uh, I, well i guess not 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 by mistake because i i definitely feel like everything happens for a reason sure um but yeah it wasn't like in my it wasn't the front of my mind mm -hmm. but i had a really good mentor um dr g uh, dr gillis um and she was awesome to me and she spoke a lot of life into me and I never forget. Um, I went to her office one day. She was she was one of my Africana studies teachers, mm -hmm. and I was like, you know, I have this crazy idea. You know, I want to write a book about black cowboys. I feel like a lot of people don't know about them. I feel like a lot yeah. of people don't really pay me any attention. Um, really, just don't care about their part in history. So I was like, sure. well, I I um I discovered the problem, and so I said, you know, I, I'm gonna f make a solution. And so that's when the books came along, and. Yeah, and then, then the rest is history, <laughs> I, I guess you could say. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Well, yeah. yeah, I think that that story is largely undertold, just like, you know, the Buffalo Soldiers, like the, you know, the Black Major Leagues before, way back when. Yeah, the Negro when, Leagues. Yeah. The Negro Leagues, uh -huh. and... Um, then Black Cowboys, I think that was not on many people's radar. Oh, no. How'd it get on your radar? So, like, are you saying, like, how the... How'd you even know about this rich heritage? This... Oh, uh, definitely just because um, my family, my family coming up in it. Yeah. Um, definitely. My family, we have some historians, and they, they don't want this history to die. And so okay. I kind of was like, well, I like history, and let's, let's kind of take it to the next level. So, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Did your family help you with the book? Uh, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Right. Yeah. And which was the first one? Uh, the first, the first part of the series is Notables from the West. Notables from the West, awesome, mm -hmm. and it focuses on the black cowboys. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Oh, fantastic! Did you have any trouble researching it? Mm, not really. Uh, it, I think, if anything, it was hard to find pictures. Yeah. Um, yeah, pictures were probably the, the hardest thing to find. It wasn't necessarily like the stories and the names and things of that nature. It was, right. it was the pictures, and um, that's why I focused on children's books is because I wanted little kids to see this and, yeah. and get that history and um, I'm a pretty level-headed guy 
like but one thing that offends me is when people say that blacks aren't real cowboys because that's just like that just comes from a pure um ignorance like standpoint and because like you, you just don't know what you don't know and right. so i wanted to get the book out to little kids and let them know at a young age like yeah this this is a real thing was a real thing is a real thing so how do they react to it oh for the most part they love it oh i'll bet yeah um last year i went to about 50 schools um do assemblies go into classrooms do a little bit of everything and you know, um, it's it's really cool time. We I bring like old saddles, old cow hides, old um, skulls, and kids get to jump on the saddles. You know, ride on them, stuff like that, and get to see some history that they probably would never ever see before. Yeah. Um, when I go to schools, it's big for me to teach them ranching and farming history because a lot of kids, just, especially in the urban core, like they they'll never get exposed to it. They'll never know, mm-hmm. and. Um, a big thing is allowing them to see that, like, their food, like, like I ask a question, like, where's your food come from? And, like, kids are like, oh, Walmart. And I'm like, no, it comes from a farmer, you know, plowing, your, plowing that field, cultivating, you know, bringing, you know, the, the good stuff to the market. So yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's amazing how children just have lost that, mm-hmm. you know. And so that was your, your first book, Notables from the West. Um, I'm sure there were so many very well-known cowboys. What do you think the biggest contribution of black cowboys was to our history? The biggest contribution? I'm uh, sorry. I told you I wasn't going to ask you any questions you didn't know the answer to. <laughs> no. So I was like making you have no, to think. No, uh, the biggest contribution, I would say, to just like the rich history of the West. Yeah. Um, yeah, just the rich history of the West and different towns along the trails and sure. things of that nature and um, their impact to to the to those communities I mean even to this day so well and the, the the cowboy in general was such a a huge part of our history and of course it would be made up of you know a pretty diverse background of different types of cowboys mm. I think you know again forgive my ignorance I think a lot of uh, white people don't know the influence of black cowboys yeah you know, and I'm so glad that you brought this book out and wrote it. And that you also wrote, what was this, What was the second book? The second book is Rodeo Cowboys. Oh, interesting. I was thinking it was the women's cowboys. But Rodeo Cowboys. So why did you differentiate between cowboys and rodeo cowboys? Because, uh, well, in like a cowboy world, I mean, there's a lot of different variations of cowboys. Sure. So, like, so you could have, you know, a rodeo cowboy that just ropes and just, um, you know, rides Bronx, um, to Ruffy, um, that rides bulls. I'm sorry, to Ruffy? What's that? Uh, a Ruffy is just, um, they ride rough stock. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah, it's, it's just like, just the terminology, just, you know, yeah, just, like just a slang of, you know, cowboy world. So, um, riding bulls, riding Bronx, bareback, you know, saddled, all that stuff. Yeah. And, um, then you have like the Roper, the Roper world. Um, and so, so yeah, like there's definitely, uh, a variation you know you could have a rodeo cowboy but then you could have like a, a working ranch cowboy mm-hmm. that's on a ranch you know year round um so like there's like yeah there's there's different types but not to say that the rodeo cowboy doesn't like ranch you know like right that, so. and the ranching cowboy might not occasionally do a rodeo mm-hmm. have you ever done a rodeo no not a not a a full-on like live sanctioned rodeo i've right. messed around in roping pins and stuff like that but no not a not a full sanctioned rodeo i don't have enough time for it <laughs> <laughs> well so. true yeah you do have a full-time career and you've got this career also as an author and you know also also your hunting and your ranching and all of that but that's so interesting and so all these different i had no idea no 
different kinds of cowboys. And then the third book is Women. Mm-hmm. Women in the West. Women yeah. of the West. So why did you want to tackle that? Uh, because, so f- for sure people didn't know about black cowboys, and then the subset, they for sure didn't know about black women in the West, you know. And so right. like, I just wanted to bring light to a, even a more uh, marginalized group. So Wow, so this is specifically about, about black women cowboys. Mm-hmm. See, this I think this is important. This story needs to be told. Yeah. Yeah, can you think of some good examples from your book? Things that are yeah. really good stories. Yeah, uh, touch on like Biddy Mason or wow. um, Kathy Williams, like people like that for sure. That like oh. just like a lot of people just haven't heard of, and so yeah. I just wanted to bring light to it. So. What do they do? Uh, so Biddy Mason, she was big in the West. Um, Kathy Williams, she was one of the first women to serve in the um, in the in the in the military. Really, um, she uh, enlisted. Well, she enlisted as a, a man. Um, obviously, was she wasn't a man, but um, but yeah. So she served. Yeah, that's a fascinating story. Mm-hmm. I gotta yeah. read this. Yeah. Did you think when you sat down to write these stories that you would come up with three books? Mm, no, it kind of kind of all just kind of happened. Like I for sure had the notables from the West, and I was like, yeah, that's for sure gonna happen. But right. then it just kind of came. Rodeo Cowboys and Women of the Women in the West kind of just came out of it. So, right, right, yeah, just telling more of the stories and more of the stories and, and grouping them together. It's a fascinating subject. So, why did you choose the the kind of overarching title, Grandpa? I just want to be a cowboy. What's that about? Yeah. So, some of the protagonists in the the, the book um, are from my life. So, Grandpa oh. Leroy is my dad's dad. Um, he was a hog farmer um, and did road crops on Kansas side, like Edwardsville, um, that area off the Kansas River. And Bo, he's the cow boss in our family. He runs the herd. And cow boss, mm-hmm. what is that a specific term? Yeah, it's just some more slang kind of deal. Yeah, so yeah, he's, a, he's the cow boss of the family. Uh-huh. And um, and so, Grandpa, I just want to be a cowboy. So Bo's playing me, and so I used to okay. go to the bar. Well, I still do, but when I was younger go to the bar with my grandpa and uncles and things of that nature mm-hmm. and learn about um, ranching and farming and things of that nature, hard work and things of that nature. And so um, for for you to be a cowboy, you need to, you know, learn from your elders. And yeah. so just kind of like that generational pass Right, off, nobody so. goes to cowboy school. Mm-hmm. There's no program yeah. to be a cowboy. <laughs> yeah, like there's not a bachelor's degree to be a cowboy. So, <laughs> yeah. And then it, it, it even goes a little deeper um, the context of the word cowboy, how it relates to slave days and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for, for Bo to learn to be a cowboy, um, being a cowboy back in those days was some of the roughest, toughest jobs. And so for him right. so, so for him to learn the full extent of being what a cowboy was back in those days, um, he needed to, uh, to learn. Yeah, so Grandpa right. just wanted to be a cowboy. So there's like there's a part in it that talks about um, well, son, you want to learn about you. You want to be a cowboy. We got you. Got to learn about the ones who came before you and paved the way. So, oh, that's so important. You know, you can't just wake up one day and say, "I want to do this." Thinking there's this, it's like what you see in the West or what you see in the movies. Mm-hmm. It's not. You got to know what came before you mm-hmm. and everything. No, that's a really important point. Do you have kids approach you afterward after you go to schools and just say, "I think I want to be a cowboy too." 
Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, pretty cool. That's yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, there are a lot of opportunities for cowboys these days. Yeah, so the, I mean, we don't. I'm like so we like we still have like working ranching cowboys. Oh yeah. Um, but I feel like a lot of people don't even like know what it really even means to be a cowboy. You know, like I mean, like yeah. the, the technical definition is just working cows. Yeah. You know, um, a, a man who works cows. Um, a woman too. Or, or, or a woman, yeah, right. or, or a woman that works cows, um, usually off horseback, but you don't, but you don't have to be off horseback. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so I mean, that's like the the baseline definition is someone who tends to cows, you know, cattle. Mm-hmm. So right, so. right. So kind of a rancher too. Of course, you know, back in back in the day, we had to we couldn't really take them very easily from one place to another. So there's the cattle driving and you know taking them mm-hmm. to market and everything. So a little bit more involved now. How do you think modern farming and modern ranching have changed the cowboy landscape? Yeah, so for instance, like we don't really work cows off horseback anymore. I mean, it's like usually like just four wheelers and things of that nature because four wheelers are a lot easier to take care of. They only need you know a little gas, a little oil. Um, But the the farming the farming market in general has changed so much and it's it's evolved so much. Um, like with the use of GMOs and things that things of that nature, and um, you know the organic um, debate, and you know um, being vegan or eating meat, or you know like the, like it, the whole the whole thing has yeah. just evolved so much now. So so much. So as the, I'm sure it's changed your family's business too. Mm-hmm. You know modern farming techniques, right? What do you think the future is of cowboys? Uh, well, I don't think I don't think they'll ever die. Right. You know, I don't think that spirit would ever die out. I will say, like, as a cattleman, um, and, like, coming from, like, that perspective, um, talking to my family, um, it's a, it's a big, it's a big, it's a big debate right now about how you take care of your meat and how you get it to market and the world trade with, with cattle, um, yeah, U.S., tariffs and, yeah, ter- uh, you know, United States and, um, like Brazil, you know, there are a lot of big cowboys out that way and cattle, cattlemen and, um, with our growing population and mm-hmm. feeding everybody. Um, so yeah, like from a cattleman's perspective, probably like the year 2040, 2050, I mean, those are like monumental, um, years to be looking like to, to be ramping up for and, um, our growing world, growing economy, and then the growing needs of meat and food. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we're always going to need farmers, ranchers. As long as we eat meat, we're going to need someone to care for the animals that it comes from. Yep. You guys ever do chickens, too? Uh, no, not really. I mean, I'm sure sure Grandma probably has some chickens, but, you know, not a lot of them, so. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you mentioned Brazilian cowboys, or Brazilian meats, I should say. So the Brazilian uh, cowboys have, uh, isn't the word rodeo even from, like, Spanish or Mm -hmm. Portuguese, yeah? Yeah. Latin cowboys? Oh, yeah. I mean, every culture has their version of a cowboy. Right. Right. So do you think you'll ever tell those stories? Uh, probably not, because I'm not of those, you know, cultures, you know. Right, right. So. You do have uh, Native American descent, mm-hmm. or ancestry, I should say. Yeah. Uh, I think I saw on your website Choctaw, Blackfoot. And Cherokee. And Cherokee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, how, do you, how do you identify with those backgrounds? Yeah, so um, I definitely um, am grateful to have those um, in, my, in my lineage. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I, I, don't, I don't own a card or anything of that nature, but um, I definitely resonate with, with the communities and, mm-hmm. yeah, try to give back as much as I can and um, represent for them, too. So. Oh, absolutely. You think there's a book on them in the future? Uh, Native American cowboys? No, because they because they're talked about with the, the with 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 my series now. A lot a lot, of, a lot of those, a lot of those cowboys back in the day were uh, a term called mulatto, so they were mixed oh, descent. Yeah. So a lot of them were black and Indian. So mm-hmm, right, and so you tell that story as well. I think this is so important. Um, so what do you think is next for you? Is there a fourth book in the series? Are you thinking about writing about something else? Yeah, so the series is completed. Um, no more really is going to happen with that. Right. Um, just keep going to more schools, um, uplifting, speaking life into kids in the urban core, yeah. um, KCK, KCMO. Um, probably working on like some STEM projects, some STEM workbooks, things of that nature. But honestly, it's just, I'm like in the season just maintaining. So Right, yeah. right, right. Are you um, reaching out beyond the Kansas City area? Yeah, a little bit. I've been out to like Hutchison, planning a trip out to Colorado, probably go to Texas. So, yeah, um, but just kind of maintaining around here. So, right. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of what we think of in terms of the like maybe the grain belt and the the meat belt. That's definitely this area loves our barbecue and loves our meat, mm-hmm. right? But everywhere they eat meat and raise it as well. Um, you know, the people watching or listening to our podcast are from all over the world. So I think this message is really important for anybody in the world who didn't know this story. The story is so important. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think we need to know our history yeah. and realize the contributions of everybody who contributed to it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I love, I can't wait to read The Women in the West. Yeah. That's going to be fan- fascinating. Yeah. Did you find many women in rodeos too? Yeah, not really of um, African-American, like Native American right. descent. Um, I really couldn't find a lot of pictures. Yeah. But, I mean, no, there's definitely women in, in rodeos for sure. Right. Yeah. I mean, yes, would... the photographs that are really hard to find, aren't mm-hmm. they? But, yeah, they made great contributions. Yep. The only one I can really think of right now is Annie Oakley. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know, and there were other women as well who contributed yeah. to showmanship, etc. But... Really, as far as the the backbone of cowboys and you know founding the West and meat production here in the United States, sounds like uh, you know the black cowboy made a huge contribution. Oh, for sure. Yeah, there I talk about in the book. Um, I'm telling the history of the forgotten cowboy. The forgotten cowboy, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Uh, that a lot of times their place in history has just been forgotten. It's kind of almost like they've been erased out of the the history books and so Mm -hmm. because a lot of curriculum throughout the school districts they don't they don't talk about any of this kind of any of these things and so i feel like yeah they've been the book's been open and it's been kind of erased out so yeah talking about the forgotten cowboy and i mean there's a lot of things out there that in theory have been forgotten you know and so but this is just my one thing that i got to shed some light on so Right, and it's very important. I feel like in in schools, it's, okay, well, here's the slavery period, and then there's after, and here's a few individuals who contributed to things after that period, but not really talking about the everyday heroes. Mm-hmm. Tons and tons of everyday heroes made America what it is, mm-hmm. right? So you've got to tell the whole story. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Hi, this is Christy. I just want to say that we here at Radiate Wellness hope you're enjoying this podcast. 
It's free to you, and we hope that you find it informative and inspirational, heck, even fun. We have just three small asks of you to help us radiate growth. First, please hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening on. That way, you'll receive a notification every time that we have a new podcast episode out. Next, please give us a thumbs up, a like, or a five-star review. If you're feeling inspired, a positive review wouldn't hurt. These two small things will help others find us when they're searching for great podcasts. Finally, please tell your friends about the Radiate Wellness Podcast. Better yet, show them how to find us and how to subscribe. If everyone did that, we would double our audience. Thanks a lot. We really appreciate it. So um, you, you got out the copies of the book, the hard copies. I'm really glad you brought them. So we've been talking about some of the different notable cowboys in the books. Like, who else sparks your imagination? Who else do you think is really cool to talk about? Yeah, so I was going through the book. Um, Nate Love, or Nat Love, is a really cool guy. Nate Love or Nat Love? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just depends on how you pronounce it. Um, okay. I've seen spellings N-A-T, and I've seen spellings N-A-T-E, so... Um, oh, interesting. Yeah. Boy, he looks like a rough dude, or he looks like a... I don't know, he's he's really well outfitted in this photo. Yeah, I he, wish you guys could see this. He's yeah. really well outfitted. Yeah, he's, he was a tough guy. Uh, Nat was an all-around cowboy in the panhandle of Texas. He was skilled in the cowboy task of roping, breaking wild horses, and working cattle drives to major cow towns such as Dodge City, Kansas. So, yeah, he was a really interesting guy. So he was really around. So are all these, or most of these, notables from this area, the Missouri, Kansas area? Uh, I would say west of the Mississippi. Yeah, for, yeah, Yeah, for the most part. Uh, yeah, western Mississippi, Missouri, Texas, and then going on out. To the and there's even one that Kansas. you talk about that's from Canada. Yeah. Yeah, John Ware. Um, yeah, he brought, let's see. So, uh, J- John Ware, uh, next, who was best remembered for his horsemanship and for bringing the first cattle to first cattle to southern Alberta, Canada in 1882. So Wow, okay. If the American black cowboy is forgotten, then definitely the Canadian black cowboy is <laughs> definitely forgotten. Yeah. I had no idea. Who else is really notable in here? Yeah, so one of the next I'll talk about is Bass Reeves. He's uh, considered um, the real-life Lone Ranger. So um, I, wrote, I wrote in the book, uh, Grandpa went on. Uh, he was the first black deputy west of the Mississippi River and arrested over 3,000 felons. He also shot and killed 14 outlaws in self-defense. Bo, he was the real life. He was the the real life Lone Ranger. What the Lone Ranger did on TV, Bass Reeves did it in real life. Oh Bo was just beside himself now and was acting like Bass Reeves in the living room, kicking butt and taking names. <laughs> <laughs> so, an inspiration to the character of Bo, who's basically you, mm-hmm. right? An inspiration. I think and that's probably why you wrote these books, is to be an inspiration to kids. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and uh, and to show kids that um, they can do different things in life. Mm-hmm. So, you know, representation in a cowboy world, um, but also when I go talking to schools, things of that nature, when I'm on the stage and I'm the special guest, this and that, that showing kids that they can do this too, so... Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so let's look at some of the women, too. Yeah, so so women in the West. Um, and as I talked about earlier, um, Biddy Mason, she oh, was yeah. she was one tough, tough woman. Uh, 
So Grandpa explained the first woman in the West was Biddy Mason. She was one for the ages. Mason was a Californian real estate entrepreneur and philanthropist. In 1872, Mason was a founding member of the first African Methodist Episcopal Church, the city's first uh, black church. So, Yeah, so she was a matron of mm-hmm. the community. Absolutely, really important in the West. Yeah. Right. Um, there is also Kathy Williams that we were talking about. Yeah, Kathy Williams. Yeah, she was she was something else too. Um, as they were, and I'm paraphrasing in the book, so as they were walking, Grandpa discussed the next woman in the West. Her name was Kathy Williams, and she was very special because she she was the only woman to serve in the U.S. Army as a Buffalo soldier. She enlisted as a man in 1866 wow. and tricked the U.S. Army so she could fight for her country. Both both these times were rough in general. Women women weren't allowed to serve in the military. Grandpa added she had the guts to follow her dreams no matter what, more guts than people have today. Both thought that Kathy was just the coolest for doing what she did. Well, and um, when we were discussing Kathy Williams earlier, you said that she was also known by another name. Yeah, uh, William Kathy, so... To pass as a man, because I was thinking, how could she pass as a woman? Uh, pass as a man with the name Kathy Williams, um, which sounds like a very modern name to me, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> yeah. Until you see that it's uh, got an alternate spelling. Um, so fascinating stories, and she's of course not the first to pass as a man to join the military, but still, she's very notable for being from the West and being a black woman. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Anybody else you think is? Worth mentioning. Uh, let's see. Oh, there was one uh, one woman who um, I know was delivering mail. Oh yeah, Mary, Mary, Mary. So, um, Mary Fields. So Grandpa went on. Grandpa went on with the next woman in the West was Mary Field. She was also known as Stagecoach Mary and <laughs> Black Mary. She was the first African-American woman employed um, employed by, as a mail carrier in the United States. Uh, Field was the f- second woman to work for the United States Postal Service. Oh, my gosh. So the Postal Service as opposed to the Pony Express. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, how interesting. Again, untold stories, forgotten heroes, women and men, mm-hmm. and such such important contributions to the American landscape, I think. Yeah. I'm glad that you tell these stories. These are really cool. Could we hold those up? Yeah. To see them? So we've got three different books. We've got the um, Notables. Notables. Yeah, Notables from the West, the Rodeo Cowboys, and then... The women in the West. Mm-hmm. Oh, how cool! With told, and these stories are, are told with photographs and some uh, some illustrations in there too, and uh, just lots of pictures throughout. I know that's important to you. Yeah. To have accurate pictures, I think it's important for kids to see other heroes, to see heroes that look like them. Mm-hmm. I know my daughter is biracial, and she really enjoys, and I like to show her examples of people who do look like her. Yeah. Yeah, it's important for children. Yeah. All right, well, my guest today has been Trey Venerable, and your website is treyvenerable.com. I'll put that in the show notes. We can find your books there, as well as uh, Amazon. Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, and a couple other platforms, too. 
Right, right. The the phrase wherever fine books are sold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but definitely at TreyVenerable.com. So watch his website for media appearances. Um for just different photographs of Trey in action, reading to the kids, and the kids just eating it up. They seem to really enjoy it. Yeah. Trey, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thank you for having me. You bet. Radiate Wellness is a community of holistic and alternative healers and consultants based in the Kansas City area dedicated to helping you create spiritual, energetic, and physical well-being. To learn more about our practitioners, services, classes, and events, or to schedule an appointment, visit us at radiatewellnesscommunity.com. Hi, I'm Jane Asher, and I believe, and from what I've been shown, that when our loved ones die, they don't really leave. They just slip into the next room. On my podcast, I explore the bigger picture surrounding life on Earth and what follows when we do die. I speak with authors, friends, transition specialists, and other experts about every facet of death, dying, grief, hospice care, cultural traditions, and also our beliefs about that final journey and what we may end up facing. Please join me on the next room on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.